0: Welcome back to another Adam episode
1: of off. of
0: Game Day Caps Off Fantasy Edition.
1: <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. Did you okay. like that intro? That was incredible. Welcome back to
0: another episode of Caps Off Fantasy. I'm here with the most beautiful and the most handsome mustache of all time. Thank you. Adam Tavachnik. Thank you. Quickly,
1: Kondo. I don't think it's coming through YouTube. Can we check that again? Um... Because the audio is still going, so you Let's and go. I will continue to ramble. Well, that's
0: great that the audio listeners got to hear that phenomenal intro. Was, they're ready to go. I, we could probably end it now because they're ready for Week Nine
1: fantasy, dude. How was your How was your week in fantasy?
0: It was actually a really good. Big win for me. Mm. I was playing against Devonte Adams, amazing, and I was up by twenty. and I was legitimately scared this was going to be a Devonte Adams crazy game on Monday Night Football. Uh huh. Ended up with two point seven points, so I got the win. Let's go! And uh, so I got, that's the bright side of that. I feel so this bad for. Time. Mr. Bryce, I feel so bad for Devontae Adams' managers because yep. that's something really tough to deal with, man. When you have a fucking Ferrari in that trailer, park, in that trailer park home. That's actually a Bugatti, I think, in the picture of that uh-huh. meme. It's a Bugatti, uh-huh. isn't it? Uh-huh. Regardless, bro. Devontae Adams is definitely that Bugatti. He's in a trailer park right now. So let's save this man. Let's save him.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's much saving. He is not going to get traded. Fuck, Um, that's so sad. Oh, we're live on YouTube. All right, we're here live on YouTube. We've got YouTube going. We'll give some time to get some people in here. Uh, We've got TikTok going. So shout out to people watching on TikTok. As a reminder, this is our Week Eight Fantasy Recaps episode where we recap the biggest things in fantasy from Week Eight. We'll talk about the impact of a lot of these injuries. We'll go through some panic meters. I think there's a definitely players in fantasy right now that you'd be willing to panic on. So we'll talk about that, talk about some injuries um, to the quarterbacks and what that means even for maybe some dynasty, what you're looking at. Bingo. Um, and, yeah, just overall recapping. What up, Josh Pilecki? He's here again, big oh, like fan yeah, of the that, man. Uh, NFL guy on TikTok. He said, what's up? What's up, guys? What's um, good? So as a reminder, drop your comments if you have any about it. The Bro Council's in here. What's good, fam? Bro Council. Um, so make sure to drop your comments if you have any questions about fantasy in Week 8 but we will be going through the biggest things that happen. The biggest. The biggest and mm, smallest. Um, mm, oh. It's crazy. In, yes. in one of my leagues, and I feel like this fantasy season is equivalent to the NFL of today, which when I say that is like there's so much parity. Anyone could win it. In one of my leagues, in a 12-team league, everyone is either 5-3, and 4-4, four and four, or 3-5. Yeah, it seems about right. And I think there's just been so much lack of consistencies in fantasy this year that that's the reason that that's happening.
0: Yeah, I yeah I think so. I mean, I'm five and three. There's one guy in our league that has one loss, so I guess that would make him what seven and one. The rest are like you said, five and three. There might be one six and two, but like there's like two or three five and threes. Then you got a bunch of right around that range from like four wins, five wins, Mm. three wins, even. So everybody's kind
1: of in the race, and it's kind of fun. It is kind of fun. I also think I look at it. The, the how i would make sense of it is is being able to trade for guys that are going to have the highest ceilings week over week. So if you're in a league like that that's 5 and 3, 4 and 4 and 3 and 5, you want to find people that are it, the floors don't matter because as we've seen with Devonte Adams, there there's a guy that we thought had one of the highest floors in fantasy even this year and early on he did, but then has completely dropped off given the offense. So finding guys you know, that have these the highest ceilings and a guy like a Devon Achan or even Jedis, who there is no Kirk Cousins, but someone that might have a super high ceiling get fed with targets mm. are people you might need to add in order to possibly get over the hump because you have no idea Montez about sweat. consistency. Oh, Mount, Montez Sweat could be a good tight end. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, if they put him at tight Shut end, youth. watch out.
1: Um, all right, let's get into it. Let's talk about week eight. Let's do some fantasy recaps. I see a lot of the comments. Make sure to drop it. Justin, by the way, on TikTok says, Eagles 34, Dallas 27. Uh Cowboys 38, Eagles 17. Beautiful. Um, okay, so I want to start off with a little bit of a game for you. I took this out of the notes. Boom. Um, but Thanks. it's I want you to guess this fantasy stat. I love games, bro. Guess the fantasy stat. Boom! Right? Um, can you name the top five quarterbacks in fantasy since week four? Since week four? Since week four. Oh. Come on. These are easy ones. You know this, but it's... You, you got this. I believe in you. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is number two. See, look. One for one. That's what I'm saying, bro. You know this. This is not a trick question. It's just like, <laughs> can, can you name them? You might since be able to. Four? You might not. Josh Allen. Josh Allen is number one. Number Dude, one I'm quarterback good at this. in fantasy since then. Yep. Joseph Burrow. Joseph Burrow. Absolutely not there. No? Joe Burrow there. He's been is hot lately. There, but since week four. Still. No. Joe Burrow. They've had a bye. Keep in mind. So that could have affected it. But <sighs> no, he is definitely not there. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, I am so sorry to <laughs> let you know he's not there. Josh Dobbs, Josh Dobbs. Uh, if this was <laughs> September, would have been there. But this is not September. This is October. We are getting into November. Got you. He's not there. Okay, let me let me use go your around. Brain, use your brain. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Top five quarterbacks in fantasy since week four. Since week four. Mm. Spit it out. Spit it out. <laughs> um, Come on, Stafford. He had a terrible no, terrible week this week. I know. No. Two guys, are two major guys you're missing. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is there. Patrick Mahomes is five on okay. that list.
0: But you said top four. I said top five. Oh, top five. Okay, so Mahomes. All right. Now Mahomes. I'm missing
1: two. You're missing two. Two, 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 <laughs> two, two. <laughs> what well, love is not playing? Uh CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud is not there, my friend. Come oh. on. Who's your boy? Who's your boy? Oh. Who's your boy? Oh. Oh! Come on! Mac Jones. No! <laughs> Name the quarterback! To a of Iloa. I wish! <laughs> but no!
0: My boy Justin
1: Fields is my boy. Who is arguably the best passer as a running back in the NFL? Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Jackson. Okay, Lamar had yeah. a bad week this past. No, week Lamar's fantasy wise, but fantasy he's but he in that off the top week five. Before. He had like 30 now you are missing the QB three overall since week four. Is this the surprise? It's like this ooh. is the surprise. Guess the fantasy stat because one. of this one player. Well, it's Kenny Kenny not Trevor Lawrence. It. It's definitely not. <laughs> just fire away, <laughs> <laughs> PJ Walker. Bro, <laughs> come on, Kenny <laughs> uh, Pickett. Would you like me to just tell you?
0: Can you give me a hint?
1: Okay, well... um, I'm going to guess bad quarterbacks. NFC. NFC. Kirk
0: Cocaine.
1: No, but RIP to his Achilles. (laughs) Kirk Cocaine (laughs) is crazy, though. That that, that nickname goes (laughs) stupid. Kirk Cocaine. (laughs) Bro. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Can you give me another hint? Division. No, because it's going to give
0: it away. Did I say Geno Smith already? You bet on this
1: team... Rock week Freddy. eight.
0: I bet on, I bet on them in week eight.
1: Yeah, you bet on this team this past eight. week. This past week, you bet on this team. Who is the last person in that top five? He's at QB three since week. What division? Four. Give me the division. If he gives it away, I'm give not it away. going to give it to the. To give oh, you well the you're going to give me
0: the name anyway? If I don't get it, so give me the division. NFC
1: East. Sam Howell. Sam Howell is the QB three in fantasy since week. <sighs> Four, the That's top impressive. five quarterbacks in fantasy since week four. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Sam Howell, Lamar Jackson, Patrick and Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. Wild stat. Great segue by Adam Tabachnik to talk about week eight's QB1 on the week. Sam Howell had 32 fantasy points. That's insane. You know what's crazy, too? He has very similar stats to Patrick Mahomes right now. Like, very similar. I did I notice Two that. less touchdowns. But you seen that, that thing yeah, going I around? Yeah, I saw. I saw. I saw. Um, over the last five weeks, only Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts have outscored him. And he's currently a top eight quarterback on the season. He's the eighth best quarterback in fantasy. That's this impressive. Year. What do you make of Sam Howell? Well, I think that's going to fall off. Whoa. What do
0: I, well, you know, it's funny, but the, the, the comparison there between Mahomes and Howell is good. Be into me. Right, Ooh. Eric Bieniemy went to Washington.
1: Little through line, a little through
0: line. Oh. So obviously, enemy and Mahomes were great together. Andy wow. Reid is still great, don't get me wrong. But enemy was there as a quarterback coach for Patrick Mahomes, or I guess as an offensive coordinator. Mm. Uh, and then now he's in Washington. Look what he does. Look what a good coach does. A good offensive coordinator. Dayball did it with Josh mm. Allen, and now he's doing it with Sam Howell. Well, here's what I make of it. I. He's on. He's probably on a roster now in fantasy. Am I, am I Actually, say he's it? on a
1: lot of. He's available on the waiver wire for a lot of guys. That's impressive. So maybe
0: some of you guys are underperforming, or you had Kirk Cocaine, Kirk Cocaine, as your quarterback, Absolutely. and he went down, and he had to go get someone else. Maybe go get Sam Howell because he's gonna have these good performances. Mind you, this was against the Eagles, who have a pretty good defense. Yep, that's impressive to see. He's gonna have some easier matchups coming ahead, and if he did that against the Eagles, then he's really poised to do that against... word. ...anybody. Potentially. Potentially. But
1: I still am not so confident to start. (laughs) No, I wouldn't be confident starting Sam Howell. I do think he can be a top 12 quarterback Mm -hmm. this season. Like, again... Weapons around him. A guy that's going to air it out. You're going to live and die by Sam Howell's performances sometimes. Like, you might have eight. You might have fucking 38 one week because of just the way that offense is formed. But if you can do it against Philadelphia, he's done it actually twice against Philadelphia now this year where he's put up really good numbers. I think Sam Howell is definitely someone you target on the waiver wire. Yeah, I mean, look, if you have Justin Fields, if you're waiting on Kyler Murray, like, I think a lot of people are waiting on Kyler. But Mm -hmm. Sam Howell, what we've seen, is can be a formidable fantasy quarterback. So I think if you have... Uh, a need at quarterback, same how someone you should definitely target on the waiver wire. The floor is a lot lower than some other guys, but in terms of quarterbacks that will, will be available to add on the wire, I think he's definitely someone that should be added.
0: Yeah, I think if you're a guy who's dealing with injury at quarterback or something's going on there, maybe you still have fields and you're kind of swapping between quarterbacks on a waiver, like this is a guy that you
1: probably feel comfortable just starting for a couple of weeks here and there if you have to. Yep. Um, I want to move into talking about some injuries. Obviously, mm-hmm. there were a ton of injuries this week. But I want to talk about the specific impact of injuries with quarterbacks yeah. and what the fallout looks like. So I have some uh, four quarterbacks that that got hurt this week, obviously, were Matthew Stafford, Kirk uh, O'Kane, <laughs> um, <laughs> Kenny Pickett, and uh, Desmond Ritter. So what is the fallout of the Rams' skill players um, with Matthew Stafford hurting his UCL, having a little bit of a UCL injury? Yeah, this one I
0: hate for both Cooper Cup and... Puka. They were both playing bad beforehand, even when Stafford was in against the Cowboys' defense. That was a good defense, though. Mm-hmm. But Stafford being hurt and playing through injuries, like what's, I guess, first off, before we go into that, what's Stafford's outlook?
1: Do we know that? Look, they said day to day, but I think there was an example, a player, I forgot what quarterback it was. It could even bid Big uh, Ben. Oh, um, but Hat was said to be day-to-day with a UCL injury and ended up missing, like, five weeks. Yeah, um, and Stafford's
0: at that age where injuries do take a little bit longer to come back from. Look, I, I hate this for Puka and Cup. If we were talking about selling one of these guys for the past few weeks, you're probably not be going to be able to sell either of them now, not for their value or what they're actually worth. I just hate this. I think their production's going to go down Overall as a receiver unit. One thing we have said about this Rams offense, though, is that Sean McVay knows how to scheme up his guys, and they still yeah. will be able to do that. But keep in mind that another thing that we have talked about is that receivers who have balled out and had the type of seasons that Cooper Cup had a couple years ago, that Puka started to have this year, have always been with Matthew Stafford. Many times, like Calvin Johnson had a great year. it was with Matthew Stafford. So I'm curious to see. I'm not so confident either way, uh, how these receivers are going to do with – Whoever the backup quarterback Brett is, Brett Ripian. Even though,
1: like, yes, it's, the system is there, but we know that Stafford was a big part of that. Well, I I totally agree with everything you said. Great job, thanks, bro. I'd say that I'm not gonna panic sell. I've had a couple of people hit me up what to do with Bukunakua. I'm not gonna panic sell only because I trust Sean McVay. Like, coaching is is everything in this NFL, especially when it comes to who you're gonna play. It does feel like there's a lot of backup quarterbacks in this in the year right now that are playing, but. I'm not going to panic sell. I'm also not going to, like, buy or anything. I think it's a hold. I do think you downgrade them a bit, but Puka and Cooper Cup. I mean, Cooper Cup, the last two weeks, hasn't been good, but Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, I think, will be okay. Maybe bump them down. If, if like, Puka was, like, a wide receiver, two in fantasy and has upside, he's now, what, a low-end wide receiver, two because he's, yeah. he's going to have the volume. They're both going to get the volume. I, I wouldn't be as concerned as I would be about the vikings skill players without Kirk O'Kane. Um, obviously Kirk O'Kane is done it's like I see the name Kirk Cousins on my computer and then I just like out of the gate it's like because I think of Kondo Kirk producer Kondo talking about Kirk O'Chain yeah, yeah, yeah. and now then I think Kirk O'Kane um, we're going to get flagged for saying that probably <laughs> so that's cool um, what do you name. make of the Viking skill players with uh, Kane <laughs> well with Kane out from under center he's the not wrestler, under center anymore WWE wrestler Kane <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that.
0: <laughs> Shout out to Miami Hurricanes though. Um well the one hope you had with like we were talking about trading for Justin Jefferson because he's gonna come back and they're gonna be good. This offense is gonna be all right. And if you're in a position where you can, you know, maybe give up uh, for a couple weeks and go win afterwards when you get Jefferson back, then like, go do it. Well now, if it was Jefferson back, I'm not too excited with their quarterback situation. What's their backup? Uh, Jaron Hall. Yeah, I've never heard of him. <laughs> And so at least Ripian he's had some snaps in the NFL. I don't know who the fuck this guy but is. But let me
1: pose something to you. What happens if Minnesota goes out and gets Jameis Winston, which I've seen on Twitter?
0: Yeah, I actually have seen that. You know what, man? I actually like this for Jameis. Um, <laughs> I think it does elevate the skill position. Let me First, they don't get Jameis, and they go with this guy, Jared Which I think it's the is the most likely. I hate this for everybody involved. Now, the only couple guys I think... I mean, I guess there's like three fantasy relevant... That is four. Okay, there's a few, right, because you have Justin Jefferson, uh, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, I guess the the Cam Akers, right? Ish. Alexander
1: Madison, yeah.
0: Yeah, sort of. And so really three guys, the receivers and Hawkinson. Now I actually kind of hate this. Jefferson goes from being able to bounce back on a wide receiver one per week basis to probably not that, I think. I don't
1: know if Red going to come out and sling it. Well, that's the Rams. I- Brett Rippey and Fuck. Rams, Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall. I don't know if Hall's going to come in and sling it. Fuck these backup quarterbacks. That, yeah, that's, that's kind of... I think that's also a major point. The fact that you can't even remember who's throwing them. Well, that's what I'm saying.
0: Out. And so, I don't know. Well, before I made the Trey McBride-Geno you know, Smith mistake or two. But here, here's the thing. It's like, I already... I'm, on, I'm down on them. I'm, I'm not really sure how to feel. I just kind of have to see. Because you never know. Sometimes these... these Quarterbacks you've never heard of come in and actually play well, like Cooper Rush last yep, year. Yep. We've seen that happen. Brock Purdy with the Niners, right, like last year. So maybe they play okay and the receivers are going to be all right. What we do know is that they've taken a steep decline, and now if they can get Jameis Winston, I believe in them a little bit more than I do with this backup quarterback mm-hmm. that you mentioned, Jared Hall, whatever his name is. Then, uh,
1: then yeah, I, I just hate it for the Vikings. Yeah, you got to downgrade them tremendously. Like there's yeah. like no – I, I would have recommended trying to trade for Jettis. If they had Kirk. Oh. Kirk. kirk- Kirk-O-Chain. If I say it slowly and pause, we won't get flagged. You know? Kirk. kirk o Um, <laughs> Yeah, look. If you were going to trade for any Viking skill players, it would kind of make sense. They're 4-4. Four and four, You know, starting to get healthy. Defense is looking better. Jettis actually made sense. He was going to come back. Yep. But now, why would he come back? And also, he doesn't have a contract. Ooh. So, I think you downgrade all of them. If you are a Jettis owner in fantasy, I'm also not selling because I think the value couldn't be lower. Right. And I think no matter what, you're just not going to get any sort of return. Now, if you could flip for maybe a Nico Collins, which we've been throwing around, which Upper Hand Fantasy, I know, threw around for even weeks, maybe. But I I probably think you just hold with Jettis. There's not much. Hawkinson is a worry, obviously, because he was volume dependent, it Mm. felt like, in fantasy. Jordan Addison is the biggest hit because he was on pace for a Rookie of the Year type of campaign. He was also kind of playing like that wide receiver two, low-end wide receiver two with uh, with major upside in fantasy, right? Like, if anything, he was a wide receiver two. I, yeah. He's been crazy these last couple of weeks. So crazy. I think you downgrade them. Downgrade. Moving into the Steelers' weapons with Kenny Pickett. Hurt his ribs. I don't know the outlook, but what are your thoughts on Kenny Pickett's uh, rib injury while I look up information?
0: Okay, yeah, look up that information with Kenny Pickett. I mean, him getting hurt, mixed feelings. Game time decision for Thursday. All right. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, they put on Thursday night, right? So mixed feelings because he's been bad this year. He's been really bad this year, Kenny Pickett. But some of their guys have been playing very well. Like George Pickens has been doing his thing. He brought up the stat last week over half of his games, over 80 yards or whatever it was, some shit like that. And so they've been playing well. And the thing you – you not only have to worry about is it, like, yes, the quarterback might be bad and like be out, but they have that quarterback still has a rapport with his receiver. So if receivers have been playing well over the past few weeks, even with a quarterback that isn't all that, mm-hmm. you have to keep that in mind. It's, and you like, it, that, that's one of those situations where like, you like it in fantasy, maybe not in real life, but you like it in fantasy. If, Pickens isn't there, then you're talking about establishing a whole new rhythm with a brand new quarterback, this chemistry, this cadence that hasn't been there before, and I'm not sure who this Steelers backup is, maybe Ben Roethlisberger, maybe Michael Vick, uh, maybe Terry Bradshaw. Maybe Mitchell Trubisky. Maybe Mitchell, oh, it is Mitchell Trubisky, that's right. Mm. Then, yeah, like, look, they got some PT last week with, with, with Mitch, but uh, I don't know, like, I'm just not high, it's kind of boring to analyze because they've always been boring, but I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't Matt, I don't care who's there as the quarterback. I care about Matt Canada. And as long as That's Matt Canada too. is the OC, I'm always downgrading those skill position players. Yeah, but,
0: but again, like Pickens has been playing well for the yes, most part. Yeah,
1: but he's also been dependent on these big plays. And, yeah. mean, you know, you, it's not volume. I'd rather rely on Deontay Johnson, even though he can't stay healthy, but know that he's going to see volume. I want to go into Falcons, obviously, with Desmond Ritter's concussion. Now, it was said that Desmond Ritter was actually cleared to return, mm-hmm. but that Arthur Smith kept him out and Taylor nice. Haneke was in. Nice. If Taylor Haneke's the quarterback, best-case scenario for the entire Falcons offense. Upgrade every single weapon. He's yes. going to air it out. Yes, That is best-case scenario if you have Drake London, Kyle, even Kyle Pitts, who hasn't been good, but you know a quarterback is going to try and feed him. You know the talent. Taylor Haneke's a smart guy. He performed in Washington. Yes. So I think that's a best-case scenario.
0: I totally agree. Desmond Ritter, look— the Falcons the actually were—they were winning with him, but they weren't winning because he was necessarily elevating his teammates, especially as a passer. They're winning because they could utilize his legs, like he could run. He, Adam, you don't think he's athletic? I think he's very athletic. So you know, we we, we agree to disagree there. But anyway, he was a bit, he was he was a good runner, and that was Arthur Smith's style. Like they were able to use him that way. Well, he was not a good passer. He didn't elevate his targets and his weapons whatsoever. Heineke, on the other hand, does. And like you mentioned last year, Heineke and Washington, the games that he did play. Uh, which were like some in there. Curtis Samuel had good games. Terry McLaurin had good games, and he's gonna be able to do the same thing in Atlanta. I think it's an upgrade for every weapon that you have in Atlanta, especially Drake London. I mean, like yep. that's a guy who's gonna get fed more and is gonna actually be looked at when he's open. Mm. So I think Heineke in Atlanta. Hopefully, this is a sign for things to come because I just think he's better than Ritter, regardless. Yeah. Uh, especially just as a as a pure quarterback, uh, pure Kirk cocaine. And in that case,
1: you know. If you have Falcons' skill positions, I think it's it's a good sign. That one slid under the radar, but Kondo, Kondo heard that one in the, in the <laughs> headphones. Um, let's move in to talk about the Titans. Mm. Like uh, my, The thing I like to talk about is life as a Titan. So Life as a Titan. I'm curious because Will Levis, Will Levis, Levis had an amazing game. He was QB6 on the week. 26.6 fantasy points. Jeez. Four TDs. Four TDs. First of all, what do you make of Will Levis' performance?
0: I, I think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Oh. If you have... Pascal oh. McCaffrey, Justin Jefferson, every every great skill position you should trade him for Will Levis like <laughs> six to one. <laughs> no, nah, Will Levis actually did ball out though, and he looked Dude, good. You're hilarious, he, bro. He had this type of ceiling, and it wasn't even that funny. He he had the type of ceiling that no Titans quarterback has ever had. Like let's be real, like in the in the recent past, I guess like Tannehill had never provided you that. Even with AJ Brown when he was there, he was held back by quarterback play. My quarterback play not because Tannehill was bad, but it's just because he didn't want to air it out. Mm. Well, Levis wants to air it out. He did yesterday. We just had uh, we just had uh, Dave Kluge Dave Cluge come on, and I guess you got to listen to the Wednesday episode, which is about to come out. But he just came on and talked about air yards per attempt or some shit like that. Some nice advanced analytics, not that advanced, but it was pretty advanced. He gets the ball de- down deep, right, and down mm. deep. Wow, yeah, yeah. Play the shit out of that one, and um, (laughs) he's efficient. He's getting his air yards. Obviously, the the balls are going deep. He's scoring touchdowns. I think he's gonna keep it going. And like the one thing you, the one thing you love to see. At this point, I'm just
1: laughing (laughs) at your laughter. I'm not even laughing at what you said.
0: Not only are the balls going deep. But they are all, they're going deep inside of Diop. Diop is the biggest beneficiary from... (laughs) I like this Titan Office. Upgrade everybody. Will Will Levis is him. How do you feel about it, Adam?
1: I think I'm going to throw up. (laughs) Oh, God. We're four years old and I love it. Holy shit. Well, this is him.
0: Woo. That's what I. That's my takeaway. I got nothing else to add to that. I mean,
1: <laughs> <laughs> just so many deep balls, deep, deep
0: balls to, oh. to DeAndre Hopkins. Oh. And what's underrated is that Derrick Henry had a hundred plus yards rushing. <laughs> when you can he air went deep, deep. <laughs> when you can go deep inside that defense. Penetrate that defense, what it allows you to do is run the football up the gut. Not only are you attacking through the air, you're attacking right down, right in the guts, <laughs> right in the guts of the defense. Derrick Henry benefited. DeAndre Hopkins benefited. I don't like it anymore. <laughs> I don't like it at all anymore. Will Levis benefited. I'm telling you, this. everybody on the offense, buy them now because the Titans are here and they're here to stay. On a real note, aside from fantasy, They're a team that's going to penetrate in the playoffs as well. I
1: like this team. I like them in the AFC South now. I like them. Okay. All right. Beautiful. Well said. Appreciate that. Amazing job. Amazing analysis on what happened with Will Levis. Um, (laughs) Let's move into talking about tight ends. Wow. (laughs) Natural transition. Of course. Fuck bro I gotta go home (laughs) Uh, I wanna talk about some Some tight ends Uh, The young tight ends It's the year of the young tight ends It is I'm actually
0: super excited about it. In week (laughs) (laughs) 8
1: In week 8 bro Four tight ends in there. You said Jake Ferguson is his second year, right? Correct. Sophomore season? Yeah. Um, any Either a rookie tight end or a sophomore season. Right. Four of the top 12 tight ends were were two years into the league or less. Yes. Dalton Kincaid had 17.5 fantasy Insane. points. Trey McBride had 25.5 fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Sam Laporta, 19.7. Jake Ferguson was tight end 11, had 14.7. Obviously was you know benefited from that tight, uh, touchdown. But what do you make of some of these young tight ends having good days?
0: I absolutely love it, especially in a time where... We're 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 deprived of Ooh. those of that elite group of tight ends. You never know. You got Travis Kelsey, and that's pretty much it for the past couple years. I mean, Mark Andrews would show up pretty consistently. Then George Kittle, you never knew. Darren Waller injuries, da-da-da. but da-da-da. now you like to see da da da. Don't forget, now you get to see these young tight ends actually produce, and they're produ- producing on a consistent basis. I mean, like yes, Kincaid. This was his best game, but the game before that when he started to see a higher target share because I think Dawson Knox got hurt, he already started elevating his game. And, you know, with a guy like that, you just like to see him get volume because he had the draft capital, and it's just a matter of time. Same with Trey McBride. I will say biggest shout-out to Adam Tabashnik with Trey Trey McBride because last year before the NFL season, he hadn't even played a down of Mm. NFL football. He had Mm. just gotten drafted. By the Cardinals, mm. he, where do you play football at?
1: Colorado State. University. Colorado State. Mm. Adam
0: said, "Yo, watch out for this kid. He's he's gonna be good. I don't know if it's this year because he might not get like the type of volume there, but like he's a, he's a good play. So I drafted him in Dynasty last year. Dynasty. Last year, obviously he was on the taxi squad. Never bought him out, but I was excited for the future. And now Zach Ertz." Out the lineup because he's hurt, I believe. Yep, he's hurt on IR. On IR, which should have happened a while ago. Uh, Trey McBride is the more talented tight end, and now he's balling out. So shout out to you with with that call. That was a that's a year old. So you're you're early on Puka, Thanks, you're baby. early on him, and then the other guys. I mean, San Laporte has been balling this whole time, and and yeah, Jake Ferguson in Dallas is good to see. I don't know. That he's the one I'm least excited about. Totally, we, we talked but about. It's
1: just, he's a young tight end. That's a he's
0: a young tight end that's balling um, in Dallas. You just kind of have a lot of tight ends there in the mix. So, uh, but these other three tight ends, though, I mean, Kincaid, McBride, and Laporta, you're you're starting all three. Whoever you have, you're starting.
1: On. I agree, and with I have that.
0: a problem because I have two of these tight Your ends. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, if you, if 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 the reaction to those tight ends isn't that you have to start them, I don't know what it is. Yeah, because it's always been about volume. Dawson Knox was in front of Dalton Kincaid. Then you had Zach Ertz in front of uh, Trey McBride. Both of which go on IR. These guys naturally have a boom. So I think I expect Trey McBride actually to be the guy that keeps this up more than Dalton Kincaid. Only because the Cardinals were throwing to tight ends the third most in the NFL. Oh. Fun now, fact. granted, that could change with Kyler Murray eventually coming back, and this week is Clayton Toon, and I don't even know who the fuck Clayton Toon is, but Jonathan Gannon said he's likely going to start, and Kyler Murray will be back next week. Mm-hmm. But I do think that no matter what, these both both of these guys have top 12 tight end, potential tight Agreed. end, one on the year. Agreed. You're going to start them no matter what. I got Kittle and Kincaid in one of my leagues. I'm even considering putting Kincaid at one of my flexes because it's a two-flex league. It's just the way fantasy is I would even been.
0: say Kincaid has a safer floor than Kittle. Because, yes, Kittle has this, this potential to explode, absolutely. But less
1: tart, less mouths to feed.
0: Yeah, less mouths to feed. And we've seen Kittle just go boom or bust, boom or bust, boomer, bust whereas and, and a lot of times it's more boom than or it's a lot, it's more bust than boom whereas <sighs> King K, we know he's going to get his targets cuz cuz Knox was getting his targets beforehand mm-hmm. and so and I think he has the potential to pop as well so uh, I'm really happy about the tight end landscape I feel like we're finally starting to get in a comfortable position where you
1: have a good variety of guys that can get it done Yeah I mean last note on that is I feel like so many fantasy experts would be like you can't trust these rookie tight ends because rookie tight ends tend to take longer to pan out in the NFL the problem is most of these NFL draft classes haven't had a stack tight end class. That's so true. the sample size has always been super small right. on rookie tight ends coming into the league. Now you have five to six rookie tight ends come in that are each potential stars, even from Michael Mayer in there, right? Who yeah. had a good week two weeks ago, hasn't performed, but that whole offense is bad in Vegas. Yep. So I think the sample size on young tight ends is going to change based off of this year. And it's, especially if you have them in dynasty, it's fantastic. Um, moving into our last segment of today which is week 8's panic meter. So we've never done something like this, like this, but I wanted to change the format because I think there's necessary panic in fantasy right now, especially mm. after 8 weeks. Now's the time oh, where yeah. this is the month of the trade deadline for a lot of people. Now's your time to go get it. We talked about teams totally. being 5 and 3, 4 and 4, 3 and 5. So I want to go into week 8's panic meter on a scale of 1 to 10. I'm going to name you, you know, a bunch of players you're going to tell me what number you associated with that. their panic, and then you and I will go back and forth and, and talk about it. Nice. So let's start with Devontae Adams. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much are you panicking on Devontae? Six?
0: I'm not overly concerned. Yes, he's had a couple bad games, not because of him, because of his quarterback and because of the offensive situation, but we've also seen him have good games. And one thing we know about receivers like Devontae Adams or just elite receivers is after a bad game like that, that maybe it's not even his fault, maybe the quarterback's fault. They're going to get fed, and they're going to make sure they get fed early, and those are going to be on easy routes. Like, Mm. those are going to be on screen slants, quick outs. He's going to get his, and so I'm not necessarily worried uh, this season. Even though, yes, you wanted him to get traded. It's looking like he's not going to get traded. Even still, the Raiders are going to have to utilize their best player. I'm not overly panicking on Devontae.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with the six. I think he still had seven targets. We saw if Jimmy G doesn't suck. He has two touchdowns that go over 65 yards. Yeah, you know? exactly. So I don't he's got
0: to he fix that, too. Jimmy G, we know, has had bad games in the past, and he fixes it the next week he plays well. That's going to happen.
1: Here's the logic for panicking. He had one catch for 11 yards. He had, he's had fewer than five fantasy points in two of his last three games and less yeah. than nine in three of his last four. He had 42.2 PPR points in week three, and he's had 43.7 since. Yeah, So he's falling off. Yep. Easy case of buy low, honestly. I, I would say so, yeah. And only because you want upside, right? We started totally. this whole entire episode talking about you need higher ceilings potentially to win in fantasy this 100%. year unless you have just a team with safe floors. But because of the lack of consistency in fantasy, you are going to need to raise your ceilings. Devonte, someone that can do that. I agree with the six range. Another person I want to bring up, your guy, Tony Pollard. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much are you panicking on Tony Pollard? Uh, yeah, man, maybe I'm just conservative. But I, I think... I think six to seven. Like I think it's in a
0: similar range. I'm not happy at all with what Pollard has given me, and I have him on my my fantasy team. But this offense finally looked good this past week. And granted, he still didn't have a great performance, even when it looked good. But. I think it's a matter. Of, I know we've been saying it for a while. So I mean, look, I, I, I've he's not an RB one. Like n- by no means. Yeah, you, down, you downgrade pro- him to an
1: RB two. He's right? an RB two for sure, but with massive upside.
0: With yeah, with massive upside, and so I still like that. I, I'll say seven. I'm a little bit more worried about him because look, the, there was even rumors about the Cowboys trying to go get Derrick Henry or something like that. I don't know if they're going to go make a move like that, but if they're winning and McCarthy's finally calling good plays, and he's not necessarily getting that much much, like, volume or involvement in general, then there's reason to be concerned. So I'll say seven. Uh, the reason it's not higher than seven is because he's still on an offense that has the capability to be really good, mm. and he's still a very useful piece. And I think maybe even getting another guy that can take more volume off of the, like those, those early down... Um, Plays or like short yardage situation, like the Cowboys had Zeke last year, that could actually help him. So, even if they do that, then it could help him be more, uh, you know, be more explosive on the
1: plays that he does get. Yeah, I mean, he had a season low for contact. Season low, 6.5 PPR points. Third time in his last four, he scored in the single digits. He hasn't topped 53 rushing yards since week three. Yeah. Easy case of also by low. Again, someone with a super high ceiling. I saw a stat that up until week eight, Of this year and last year, he's averaging the exact same amount of fantasy points. Now, granted, Zeke was there, but both averaged the same amount. I believe Tony Pollard finished the season as the RB4. Dude, he he popped off in the second half of the season. He popped off. And I think, look, the same goes with the NFL. It takes time to figure things out. He was thrusted into a new role. Yes. Easy by low. New offense,
0: too, right? Yeah.
1: I I would probably put him at a six on the panic meter. Definitely someone I'm concerned about because he's had volume and hasn't been able to perform. But then again, naturally, I think he positive regression comes with mm. Tony Pollard. Another uh, two guys here for you. Cooper Cup and Pukunuku. On a scale of 1 to 10, how concerned are you with them? <laughs> uh, uh, i would go... And to add context, obviously Stafford likely yeah. out. Yeah. Cooper Cup finished with less than 30 yards in the last two games.
0: Uh, I'll go 4, 4 or 5. I, not, not entirely. I'm like, uh, I don't like what I'm seeing, especially with Stafford dealing with that but as we said like he's he's questionable for this upcoming week so Stafford can still come back and play and i trust stafford and this offense to get it to these receivers i know it was a bad game dude it was a bad game against a really good defense that has played lights out at home you saw what they did to the jets at home you saw what they did to the patriots at home they just continue to do it to the rams they're they're not going to face many defenses like the cowboys and uh i think we've seen more good than bad from Puka especially, and even Cooper Cup over the past, like, few years sample size with with Stafford.
1: You've seen a lot more good than bad. I'm not too worried about them, even though it's been a bad couple weeks. Yep. Puka Nakua, wide receiver four, still on the year after a couple bad weeks. I'm not – I think I put him at, like, a three. Yeah. Granted, Stafford out, yes, but I trust trust coaching. And I think, like, right, like, here's a good example that I would compare it to is that Zay Flowers is someone that has had volume, But the types of volume that he has hasn't really translated to massive fantasy success. And I do credit that to a Todd Munkett, someone that isn't as experienced when it comes to play calling. Now, granted, obviously, offensive coordinator did it at Georgia and everything. But in the NFL, it's very different. Has a quarterback to throw it to him. On the other hand, we saw Stafford with Puka, who an older quarterback, but also targeting a rookie who's looked good. Now I still trust Sean McVay to figure it out. I still figure out, uh, expect him to scheme up Cooper Cup and Puka I'm not worried, but I do have a wild Cooper Cup stat for you oh. in fantasy that I didn't include for you to see. So, can you guess the year it was the last time Cooper Cup had less than 30 yards in a football game? Oh shit! He just had 20 something, yep. right? Yep. The last
0: year? Okay, so so okay, so this year is the 2023 season, right? So last year was 2022, 20. 20- 21 he played is that the year he had a last time he played. He had an injury at some point. All right, let me just
1: go out and say 2019. So close. It was 2020 in Ooh. week six was okay. the last time Cooper Cup had less than 30 yards in a game. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah, that's insane. Injury or not, I expect him to He'll be, be fine. fine. I'm not panicking on Cooper Cup just be yet. Fine. Three other guys on our panic meter. DJ Moore. On a scale of one to ten, how much are you panicking on him? Well, I'm looking at the stat you put right here. So 49 PPR points. Well, in the three weeks, when was the... Oh,
0: week five, he had 49. In three weeks since, he's had 33 PPR points total. Well, it's also been without... Justin Fields. Justin Fields. Fields is coming back soon. Uh, I don't think it's this week, but it might be the week after.
1: Mm.
0: And their rapport was actually starting to materialize into something very special. You like that? That was a yeah, nice special. use of wordage there. And, uh, yeah, they were looking great. Like, Justin Fields' passer rating was perfect going to DJ Moore, like, throughout the season. All this kind of stuff. They get they're gonna get him the ball. He's the best player on their team. I'm not worried about DJ at all. So one out of ten, I'd probably go I'd probably go three.
1: I'll say the exact same thing. Yeah. I'll say three. He's gonna get his. He's gonna get his. And again, I think the problem with anyone wanting to panic on DJ Moore is him having forty nine fantasy points in one week at all does not is not equivalent of what he actually was gonna be in fantasy this year. Yeah, right. No. He was a wide receiver too. I think he's gonna be fine, but if you're attaching yourself to 49 fantasy points, he's never going to do that never. again. Now, granted, the ceiling can be there, but I'm not panicking on DJ Moore just yet. Um, two other guys, Kenneth Walker, scale of 1 to 10, how much are you panicking on him? <laughs> now, for context, season-low 44% of carries. He did still average 8 yards per carry, but he had a season-low, and Charbonnet obviously had an uptick in usage. That'd now, happen. people can say about the injury with Kenneth Walker. People can talk about, you know, Kenneth Walker still getting goal line touches. I don't think you're panicking on Kenneth Walker for a very simple reason of he's going to get goal line carries no matter what, and to be honest in fantasy, I want that floor in a time where running backs don't have any consistency, but what are you saying
0: yeah, I think maybe like a like a three like I'm not too worried, especially because his efficiency is still very high now, Charbonnet, who I love his efficiency was even better Kenneth. I think I averaged 8 yards a carry. Charbonnet, I think he averaged 11. Like, I, I think I saw that the H-M other day. Numbers. Yeah, it, it, it's insane. So, it makes sense why they're starting to split that. And we, the part of the reason I'm not too concerned is because you should have seen this coming going into the year. They drafted Charbonnet in the second round. He was a complete running back who's better in the passing game than Walker is. Is bigger than Walker. So, the one area I would be concerned is, yes, Walker's still getting those goal line carries. I don't know if that's going to continue. Charbonnet is the bigger back. He weighs about, I think he's like 230. He's, he's a big guy that can get it done in off assets of the game. So the reason I'm not worried is because Walker is built off explosiveness. He's still going to have that, and he's still going to be utilized in that way. I think you're going to be okay. Granted, like he's going to get some less like less touches I think, going forward, but you should have seen that coming. So
1: I would say a three. Again, the way the running backs are a good buy low spot as well. Yeah. Last but not least, on our panic meter, Aaron Jones on a scale of one to ten, how much are you panicking? Shit, <laughs> uh, probably higher, like seven, like because if they I might even be higher, it might be like eight and a half.
0: Yeah, it might be high. Yeah, it might be higher. I mean, I, like if he hasn't been able to get it done over the past couple of weeks, we've been expecting him to. I guess the Broncos we expect him to this past week. Who did even play this past week? The Vikings.
1: The Vikings. And what he did nothing. Did nothing. I mean, he only had I think he had like seven carries. Right. He hasn't reached sixty total yards in two straight weeks.
0: Yeah, and and That'll before be he was huge. dealing with injuries, and it's just it's just tough. Like Aaron Jones, every year you draft him. You draft him with great value, like he always drops, and you always get way more than what you drafted him for. And I think this is the first year you're probably not going to get that out of him. You've been hoping this Packers offense is going to get it together. They haven't been. They've been getting worse. So, yeah, I think you're right to be around like an eight and a half. It's still hard to like when you have him on your roster to not start him um, somewhere in there, whether it's like arbiter or flex. But you're, you're you're you might get in a territory where you you're going to put other guys in there, like because other guys are performing that weren't supposed to. And you might, so you might be in a tricky situation. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think he's, he's the highest on this panic meter, no matter what. It, the offense is getting worse. He's not getting touches. They're losing games. Best case scenario is he would get traded today at the deadline. Not going to happen, though. Not going to happen. But yes. the one optimistic look I can make for Aaron Jones would be look at kind of Javante Williams, where first like six weeks people have been like bust, hasn't done anything. Usage has been increasing, volume and, you know, routes run, everything has been increasing. Mm -hmm. Finally pops off, has 18 fantasy points this week. People put him now back in like the top 15 running backs for the rest of season. Aaron Jones' talent's always been there. Mm -hmm. So if we maybe give him that volume, we'll see that upside that we think. I think no matter what, RB3 right now, just given what he's been able to do, easily can go back to an RB2 and finish potentially as a low-end RB1. I think that's always in the realm of outcomes. Uh, the range of outcomes for Aaron Jones, but the panic meter is by far in half and the highest out of any players. Shout so out Texas El shout Paso. Out, shout out hairlines. He's got a really bad one. Um, Does he? No, he has got not No, nah, he's got a really bad. He's like he's, it's just high. It's really high. Yeah.
0: I, I think Aaron Jones is
1: underratedly handsome.
0: I don't, I don't know. know about. I don't know about the uh, I mean, the hairline. That, huh?
1: that is crazy.
0: Oh,
1: that is a that I is, actually. You know what? I'm used to seeing him with the band, the head the headband. Yeah, that I get. Good jawline. But no, okay. bad hairline. Um, so that's our week eight fantasy recaps episode. Shout out to everyone that's been watching for the last uh, 45 minutes. You know, what did we miss? Comment down below, maybe. Um, Do we have- as a reminder, well, not not as many comments as I, as I would have liked. As a reminder, we have our, our cafeteria episode that drops tomorrow. We had Dave Kluge, uh, fantasy expert, yeah. on the pod. So make sure to check that out. You can check him out at Dave Kluge on Twitter. You can see how big he is. He's massive. Uh, we talked fantasy football. We talked through some hypothetical trades we'd love to see. So it was a really good episode. Uh, Felipe dropped his power rankings. And then Thursday, we'll be back at 10.30 a.m. I believe we will be doing our fantasy episode. I know we switched the timing and it was at 12.30 today, but we'll be back at 10.30 a.m. We'll do our buy low, sell high episode. And then at 5 o'clock on Thursday, we'll do our start sits for anyone that has start sit questions. Um, but hey, this was a good episode. This there was a lot of value. I think we talked about a lot of tight ends, a, a lot, lot of tight balls, balls being thrown around. Yeah, a lot of penetration. So, uh, before we sign off, as we do every Tuesday and Thursday episode, Felipe, please hit us with our words of the day. Uh, all right. Before I do that, I've been looking at
0: Aaron Jones' hairline for the for why you've been talking for the past couple of minutes, dude. It's really bad. It's bad. It's, it's like bad. the middle of
1: his head. Type it's shit. like you need to go to Turkey and have a hair transplant. Type bad. Uh, why Turkey though? Because that's really where the hair transplants are. Got okay. it, got mm-hmm. it, got it. A lot of people go there, yep.
0: Yeah, so uh, pray for Aaron Jones. Uh, Words of wisdom, words of the day.
1: Oh, <sighs> you got this. Don't overthink it.
0: Trade for Trey McBride. Woo! <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, nah, don't trade for him, actually. But hey, Trey McBride, tight end one season,
1: upcoming. So it's Don Kincaid, don't sleep. Shout out to your right. dynasty team. <laughs> uh, we'll see you tomorrow for our cafeteria episode. Bye. Bye. Caps Off Podcast is brought to you by The Game Day, starring Adam Tabachnik, Felipe Fontes, Jack Parodi, and Matan Mann. Check out our socials at CapsOffPod on Instagram and Caps Off Podcast on TikTok. Subscribe to our YouTube at the link in the description if you want to see more content and watch our videos. Don't forget to go to thegameday.com for all the best sportsbook offers.